another episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Taker. And as always, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a, like a candy bar. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN. You'll get $10 off your first order. Like I said on my last episode, that these things are like the Mario uh, Gretzky of, of protein bars. They're absolutely incredible. They taste great. And they're reasonable in terms of, you know, they're not going to make you too full or, you know, you're not going to be left being hungry and wanting more afterwards. It's going to be just right in the sweet spot. So in terms of, you know, whether you're just looking for something to eat uh, post-workout or whatever the case may be, these things are perfect. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off. So we've all been waiting patiently for the last couple of weeks for the NHL to you know, these talks, like I've said on past episodes, that all we've heard really is they've been having progressive talks. They've, they're making a lot of progress in, in terms of kind of getting the plan together for what they're going to do when, you know, they eventually restart the season. And I, you know, it seems like now that they are going to, you know, they're, they're starting to pick up, Steam's starting to pick up in that, you know, originally that there was, a report that was out saying that they were, you know, doing eight to nine cities as pod cities. And if you really don't know what pod cities are, they're obviously, you know, they're going to be designated cities in which X amount of teams will be playing. Uh, we spoke a lot about it in length on my episode, episode 50 with Eric Erlinson, beat reporter for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, if you missed that one, go ahead and listen to it. That was a great, ep- great episode. Uh, and it looks like now that they are starting to narrow th- things down, it's going to be, looks like it's going to be two hub cities or pod cities now. And the league was just waiting on the approval of player association in terms of, uh, the, the approval of the 2014 format in which, uh, they would most likely be playing for the playoffs. And we spoke in length, of course, as well about this 2014 format and how they're going to do it is that they're going to do it by division. So the setup right now would be actually if they were, in fact, to do the 24 team bracket, which most likely looks like they're going to do is the Lightning will get a first round bye, and then the other teams such as like the Maple Leafs and the Panthers uh, will be getting kind of like, I guess you could say a play in game. And yeah, so I discussed this on past episodes on how that may, uh, you know, benefit lightning. Of course, they're getting a first round buy. Um, I don't know. I think, I think in a way it does benefit them. I can't really see a negative so much as much as I want to find one in this scenario. Uh, but at the same time, I think that with them coming back with everybody coming back and having this long layoff. I think that this is the best thing for the Lightning in terms of having, you know, they don't have to jump into it right away when play starts up. They get to sit around kind of a little bit longer, get their act together, kind of get the chemistry and, you know, whatever conditioning left, the extra conditioning they, they want to get in. You know, that's perfect right there. Perfect opportunity for them to do it. Um, and it would look like, yeah, they would play the winner of the Leafs and the Panthers. And, you know, as much as the scenario might turn out where they're probably going to play Toronto, I would love to see them play Florida in terms of, you know, that having a in-state playoff series. Now, I don't know how long the playoff series, the playing games are going to be. 
Uh, I would imagine they're probably going to be three games, best of three. I don't, I can't see a scenario where the league's going to want to extend this uh, playoffs any longer than it needs to be. So they're probably going to have do a scenario where the playing games are going to be three, best of three, and then everything I would imagine is going to be best of seven, which is probably the best thing, uh, everyone, uh, for for all these teams and the fans as well. You know, since the league really wants to save next season in terms of they don't want to keep pushing things back, which, of course, we don't want them to keep pushing things back either. Uh, so, yeah, this is the best thing for everyone. And, yeah, I would love to see an in-state uh, an in-state playoff uh, series between the Panthers and the Lightning. I don't know how many Floridians would be excited for that. I mean, I'm sure that you would get the, the usual number that you would get whenever one of these teams or both of these teams are in the playoffs. Uh, kind of like the... I guess, you know, I hate using this term, but the kind of like the bandwagon fans. I mean, you're going to have fans from all teams and all states, regardless of who the team is. There's always, for example, whenever the Predators are in the playoffs, there's always maybe a good number of people that just get into hockey then just because of the Predators. And, you know, same thing in um, even in even in the hockey cities like Montreal or Chicago, there's always that group of people that are just going to get into the team then in. Then in there while they're in the playoffs. So imagine that number amplified since, you know, you're going to have two Florida teams uh, going at it against each other. And I think that the Panthers are a good enough team to where if this is a best of seven, obviously as Lightning fans, we don't want to see this, but I think that the, the Panthers could give the Lightning a run for their money, especially with this long layoff. And I think that, believe it or not, regardless of talent, everyone's still trying to get back in shape. Everyone's still trying to get back in the groove of things. And I think that this layoff kind of evens the playing field for maybe some teams in terms of, okay, we're, you know, they're, they're saying to themselves, well, we're not the, the most talented team right now in this bracket, but at least the other team um, is not going to be on the same page with each other as well as they normally are. So let's capitalize on that. And I think that's the attitude that the Panthers would bring into a, a a series against the lightning because, okay, let's be realistic. The lightning are a lot better team than the Florida Panthers at the same time. Panthers are the perfect team that could, and I know I hate bringing this up as well, but could do the same thing that the Columbus blue jackets did to this lightning team next year. And that would be very unfortunate for everybody involved if that were to happen, because then, like I said on my episode with Eric Erlinson, I can't see a scenario if that were to happen that John Cooper comes back. I mean, I think that even even if they let's say they they beat Toronto or or Florida, right, and then they move on, and I believe they would play Washington afterwards. No, they would play Boston, the winner of whoever Boston plays, and. I, I think that, you know, they need, I think they need to at least make an appearance in the Stanley Cup Finals to, and maybe this is just me being too harsh. I just think that this team is super talented and the clock is ticking on this team, you know, on this core. I think that especially with how, how strict the, the cap is going to be next year, this team is going to have to make some decisions in terms of who are they going to re-sign um, and whatnot. And it's just one of those things where, you know, the, the clock is ticking, you know, it's, you know, no, no core lasts forever in a team, regardless of the sport. That's just the way it goes. Uh, guys are going to go, uh, people are going to retire, whatever the case may be. So, uh, yeah, 
abilities are going to decline. So it's, you know, a lot of things are, are in fact, there are a lot of variables are in play right now and they have to keep, they have to keep that in mind. So unfortunately, if I think that if they don't at least make a Stanley cup finals appearance, I think that maybe it's time to look in another direction. Um, but we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Now, part of the reason why I brought up the whole, you know, I would love to see the Panthers and the Lightning play each other in the playoffs is just because I've wondered. And of course, you know, there's the, the, the obvious answer that it's just Florida's too hot to have this sort of thing. And I want to see, this is my what if, and if you haven't been listening along in the last week or so, Locked On across all channels has been doing a what if scenario. And so we're, we're chipping in here at Locked On Lightning. Uh, we've done a couple of what ifs. We did the what if if uh, Lightning were able to acquire both the Sedin brothers during the 1999 uh, NHL draft. How would that kind of shape things out for this franchise going forward in the early 2000s? Um, that was a cool one that we did. Um, Another one we did was the what if the Lightning were able to technically um, defend their NHL championship, which they I believe that they didn't really was able to do just because they won in 04 and then you had the lockout the next year. So you basically had a year off and then, yeah, you, you weren't really able to do it. These guys are another year older off the ice. So, yeah, it's one of those things where what if they were able to jump right back on, you know, months later after winning the cup. And yeah, we're, we'll never gonna, we're never going to know, unfortunately, but yeah, I think that they would have carried that momentum from winning that cup and possibly, uh, made a, would have made a real threat at possibly, uh, repeating, but we're never going to know. So yeah, that was one of the one ifs. And today's one if is what if Tampa and Florida play in an outdoor game? Now, of course, it's going to be very hard to do that just because of how, humid it could be during during you know a lot of the months out of the year in florida uh we saw that issue um in los angeles a couple years back i believe it was when the kings played the sharks at dodger stadium and they had a lot of issues during that if i remember correctly it was just i believe it was just too hot i don't remember what month they did it um but yeah i think that maybe it's a little different california and florida a little different um I think that if they were going to play this game, they would have to be in January, uh, maybe at like Raymond James Stadium. Uh, who knows? I mean, unless they're going to do it somewhere in Miami, which I don't think would be reasonable because it's it's just going to be you know, super hot down there. So I don't know. I just think that this would be a good opportunity for the league um, to kind of go in a different direction with this outdoor game stuff because, you know, it seems like, you always have the Penguins in it. You always have an original six team in it somehow. Um, I think it's time to kind of promote the other teams. And you saw that this year with Nashville and Dallas. So why not? Um, you know, if it was able to work in Texas, which obviously in Texas, it, it could get a lot colder there, especially at night. Um, it's not as humid. Um, did the right some, So they it seemed like it did a pretty good job there. Uh, but yeah, I think it would have to be a night game in sometime in January where the temperature really dips in Florida. Uh, I would, I would love to see it. Yeah. Like at Raymond James stadium, unless there's another venue, maybe you, you fans, uh, would like to see it at, uh, in Florida. And if 
But of course, send that over to LO underscore lightning on Twitter or shoot us an email at lockedonlightning at gmail.com. So yeah, uh, I would love to see these two teams playing an outdoor game just because I think it would promote hockey very well in Florida. I mean, Florida is very, hockey is very popular in Florida, uh, believe it or not. Uh, there's tons of rinks sprouting up all over the state. A lot of kids playing outdoor hockey, of course, um, as well as ice hockey. So, yeah, I think the biggest concern is to how would they really make the ice playable? You know, because even if it's a January game, what if one night, you know, how the weather is all over the country? Sometimes you have snow in May or whatever the case may be in certain weird states and all that. Um, I just, I think, you know, we need to get someone on the show that uh, has experience with this stuff. So we're going to try and get someone uh, to maybe continue this what if uh, a little later on eventually. But yeah, because uh, I, I would love to hear the, maybe the, how that would work. Maybe they would need to have extra cooling units underneath the ice or whatever the case is. Um, so yeah, so it's just one of those things where uh, we just need an expert to kind of maybe describe to us. You know, because if it's if it's possible in L.A., it's definitely possible somehow in Florida. So, you know, you have to look at it from that perspective. Uh, so, yeah, that's just my what if. Uh, I think that would be definitely cool if they did like a Florida um, kind of swamp vibe to it. Obviously, I'm not I'm not saying let's put these two teams out in the middle of the swamp with pythons and <laughs> alligators swimming around. I don't want that. And then again, that would be pretty cool if they did some sort of. Um, thing like that. I was thinking about maybe doing it on a naval carrier. Again, I don't know how reasonable that is. Um, I don't know if the naval carrier is big to not only hold a hockey arena in terms of like, I guess, the makeshift. I mean, they've done basketball games on carriers. So, and, uh, you know, hockey, hockey rinks aren't that much bigger than basketball courts. So I'm sure they could f figure something out. Um, now, moving on to kind of like a prospect hi uh, highlight thing. Um, we haven't talked about many of the prospect on this show uh, yet, just because, uh, you know, obviously I wanted to let the season play out and then kind of discuss it just because the Lightning have a lot of tough decisions to make in the offseason in terms of contracts. And unfortunately, they're probably going to let some people go. You know, I can't see a scenario where they're going to be able to have enough money to sign everyone and then have enough space to make certain moves in the middle of the season um, if a player or two were to go down. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where I think that, unfortunately, they're going to make some unpopular decisions. Uh, having said that, that's the reason why I brought up the whole, you know, the clock is ticking on this team. Uh, you know, certain players are probably going to leave at a certain point due to contract expiring or them trading away those individuals. And I'm going to talk about the first, the, the top ranked prospect in the, the lightning system. He put for the, and he plays for the Syracuse crunch. His name is Alex Bier Bollet. And he's, you've probably heard that name before. I've spoken about him on here uh, before because he was originally number two going into the season. And of course with the trade, uh, involving, I believe it was, I believe he was traded to the Devils in the Blake Coleman trade. Uh, Cam Foote was uh, the original, and then he was original number one, and then obviously the Lightning traded him away, uh, which was a good trade. But you know, like I said, though, 
and, and I do like uh, Blake Coleman a lot. And it was just unfortunate we didn't really get to see him kind of take off before uh, play stopped. But, you know, with with uh, prospects, top prospects and and draft picks, especially first 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 round draft picks. I've said all along, I've said all season, I'll say it again, that unless you can guarantee me or unless this team wins a Stanley Cup, in my opinion, you should never be trading away first-round draft picks. That's just me. That's just how I view it. You should never be trading away your top top uh, prospect. I just think that, you know, it's just one of those things where it's it's a very risky move. You're giving up a lot for something that's not exactly guaranteed. So it's just one of those scenarios where I just think that, unfortunately, yeah, they did get a good player back in Blake Coleman. At the same time, they're not, you know, them not winning the cup is a sure thing. So it's just one of those moves. And let's just discuss uh, Alex a little bit. I saw some video on him online. Uh, I think he's a very skilled player. Uh, he's a small player. I mean, he's going to get bigger in terms of he's probably going to put on some more, some more weight. I mean, not a lot. He's probably going to put on maybe 10 more pounds. Guy's 5'9", currently 172 pounds. Uh, he's projected he's projected to be a a potential top scorer where, you know, he could score maybe 25 to 30 goals a season. He's small, of course. Uh, he just turned 23 yesterday, so happy belated birthday to Alex if you're listening. Um, what I've what I noticed from him is that he has good hands. Uh, he he has a he has a very quick wrister, which definitely is going to come in handy in the National Hockey League. He's recently named to the sec the AHL second All Star team, so congrats to him as well. And the numbers show how good of a season he had, um, and definitely actually the last two seasons he uh, he scored he averaged twenty five plus goals a year, and he averaged fifty five plus goals. So he definitely has that playmaker ability in him. Um, if I want to go on a stretch right now. Uh, in terms of, you know, what kind of player he could potentially turn into. He could probably be uh, maybe like a Jonathan Tage kind of player, obviously. He's a little undersized. Uh, maybe I haven't really been, like I said, there's not a lot of video on this kid, unfortunately. Unless you have the AHL uh, TV package, you know, you're not going to be able to find much uh, highlights on these guys. I mean, if if you Locked on Lightning fans have found footage on, on Alex, go ahead and send it send it or send a link. Yeah. Send the link to the show. Cause I would love to see it and kind of pick it apart and analyze how he plays. I've only was only able to see him do some drills and some highlights from certain games, but not a whole lot on Alex, but yeah, like from what I got, uh, he's gonna, he has that playmaker ability he has a quick wrister and, uh, he, the ceiling, he could only go up from there. So if he's averaging 25 plus goals, uh, 55 plus points a year, if he could kind of have that carry over into the NHL, that would be absolutely incredible. And I think that why are we kind of talking about this is because he's 23, he's a top prospect. Sooner or later, they're going to have to bring up this kid. Um, I would like to see him hopefully try, you know, and it all depends on him as well because, you know, he has to obviously come into training camp and make the team. And they, of course, have to find a place for him on this team. And if they feel, yeah, he's definitely good enough to make the team, but we don't really have anywhere to fit him, then, of course, he's going to get sent back down to Syracuse. So, yeah, unfortunately, that's that's the case to be made for Alex, that he just needs to come in, play his game, continue to play his game at training camp, and uh, you know, hopefully they can find a place for him. And with all the 
with all the, the potential signings coming up and players possibly leaving in the offseason, you know, there might be some room and this might be an opportunity for the kid uh, to show what he's really got and to maybe make the team this year. And I would love to see this guy play because I love to see, you know, I love to see top prospects come in and really prove their worth. And so we're going to, all we could do is sit and wait and, you know, cause there's no AHL on AHL season has been officially canceled. So we're just gonna have to wait till when they officially have training camp start, which hopefully is in October. Maybe I don't know what the, when the league exactly plans to bring back the season. I would hope that, you know, this is wishful thinking that we don't have too long of a layoff between the playoffs and next year season. So we'll just have to wait, sit and watch. But I believe that, you know, with everything that I've been hearing in the news, uh, with all signs are leading to the, the NHL to start play, you know, very soon. So let's just keep an eye out for that and we'll discuss it as it comes up. And yeah, once again, everybody just uh, stay safe out there and, a huge thank you once again to all the essential workers out there doing your job so everyone else could stay home and be safe. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.